Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey. I, I, do you know, I'm sorry that was a bit too enthusiastic, wasn't it, given the result? But <laughs> never mind, we'll try and find the positives this week. It's pod 447 and it's the last midweek pod before the World Cup kicks off this weekend. So it's the last normal review pod that we'll do. And in classic Palace fashion, they uh, they stopped the season with a terrible 1-0 defeat at Nottingham Forest. We're going to unfortunately have to talk about that, unfortunately, with Grace Matheson. Grace, that was just... Well, how are you first? How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. All good, yep. Apart from the dire day, well, not the dire day, the dire result we all had on Saturday. The day itself was great, apart from the 90 minutes of football. We were, we were saying that off air, weren't we? Actually, it was a lovely sunny day, walking by the Trent, beautiful, 90 minutes just completely ruined it. Did, did it ruin your day as well, Joe Walker? Um, I, I got over it a lot quicker than I thought I would. I've, I've had some, I mean, being a Palace fan, you, there are some horrible away days over the years, and often the, the result gets in the way of a good day. It kind of happened, but very briefly, like as as you've both touched on, quite enjoyed the trip besides that. But I think because we might, I don't think a lot of Palace fans might share that because from what I gathered, the train situation mm. sounded horrendous and we all drove. So we maybe didn't catch the worst of it. But I heard something, I think it was even, I think Selzy mentioned it on the pod extra, two carriages from Grantham yeah. uh, per train. So yeah, I think that, that yeah, if, I, if I'd have gone that way, I, I might be still raging. I think two carriages from Grantham was a hit for the Travelling Wilburys in the 70s, actually, I think, wasn't it? Um, yeah, that's, that is one for Selzy. Um, yeah, we'll talk about we'll talk about everything to that game uh, later on in the pod. Before we do that, let's do a, a drum roll for a random patron, please. 
It's Trip C. Hey, Trip C. Trip C. T R I P C. Sounds like a rapper's name. Do you approve that, Joe? Uh, if, if, if they've got the, the skills to pay the bills, uh, it's bring it on. <laughs> Beautifully done. Beautifully done. Well, thank you, Trip C, for joining uh, joining the patron. And you get all the rewards if you join the patron, like Trip C. You might even get access to their first single when it's released. Who knows? Um, at uh, patreon.com, P A T R E O N.com slash F Y P podcast. Uh, guys, would you allow me a couple of minutes to promote my stand up comedy show in January? Is that okay? It's um, the last time i'm ever doing this show it's my edinburgh show it's called jim daily football and fatherhood it got four stars at edinburgh had a lovely run i'm doing it for one more time only at angel comedy at the bill murray in north london which is uh behind the comedy store probably the second best comedy specific venue in london it's a great venue uh on thursday january the 26th at 6 30 p.m tickets are eight pounds from angelcomedy.co.uk i'll put a link in the show notes as well please do come along it's a fun show and uh, be nice to pack out the room for the last time ever that I do that show. Um, before we crack on, we've got a sponsor this week. This episode of the FYP podcast is brought to you by Green King, your home of pub sports. And they have a great F offer for FYP listeners. Uh, the World Cup is around the corner, of course, and the Green King pub is the best place to watch the game. So over 900 sports pubs across the country, Green King is where the fans go, showing every broadcast game and live sporting event from BT and Sky Sports on tap. Plus, unlike sitting at the back of the Arthur, you'll actually see the screen. Sorry, Palace. Uh, and you can drink inside of the pitch should you want to. Uh, if you download the Green King season ticket app, you can receive a free drink when you register and 10% off a great range of drinks one hour before, during and after any match. Also, the app has a booking functionality to secure your table before you arrive in games of instant prizes. Head to the App Store and search for the Green King season ticket to download the app. And when registering, if you use the promotional code FYP, that's all caps, FYP, you'll get some additional offers added to your wallet, uh, like an additional £5 off when you spend £15 on drinks. And that's for FYP listeners as a listener of the show. With pubs across London, use the Pub Finder tool in the Season Ticket app to find your nearest Green King. Green King is where the fans go. Your home of pub sport. Well, thanks to Green King for coming on board this week. I think many of us feel like maybe we should have stayed in the pub, actually, uh, in Nottingham, rather than heading to the city ground for the game Actually, Joe, maybe I'm being a bit unfair, actually, because for the first 20 minutes or so, Palace didn't look too bad, actually. Wilf had a pot shot over the bar. Forrest was standing off. Once they started to press Palace, we struggled. But for the first 20 minutes, I don't think an embarrassing defeat was maybe on the cards. No, that that didn't look to be the case. I, I, I think it's often a symptom of... A team, a team that tries to play football, or at least wants to keep possession a little bit more, as as Palace do these days. Um, in the early stages of the game, if if we're not making too many breaks through, or you know, it feels a bit patient, I think you're going. Well, we've got the rest of the game here. You know, we're going to break them down eventually. And yet, have, yes, there were some more chances than the rest of the game in that early period. But um, I guess once it gets to the second half, and you know, you, you suddenly you're behind, suddenly that patient build up from the back can just look like you're going sideways sometimes if you're not making any incisions. Um, I'm probably getting a little ahead of myself there with that analysis. But yeah, everything felt fine until, you know, I would argue just the penalty still felt a little bit against the run of play. That naturally turns the Forest crowd who have to commend them. You know, yeah. they were, they're what you want or what you expect a sort of newly promoted side atmosphere to be at their home ground it's what it should be for a club in that position never mind the fact they've waited for so long to get back and they really helped turn turn it we, we 
I wouldn't necessarily say we looked nervous per se, but we just didn't look like we did. We didn't. Oh, we were out sort of fought with an F rather th, and I, that's you never want to see look look like the weak target for a newly promoted side, which we kind of looked like second half. Yeah, I think I wonder if Forest fans might end up in our winners and losers later on, given the lack of options on the Palace side of things. They were very good indeed, and you're right. I think actually, uh, I wonder if Palace maybe didn't quite expect Forest to be so up for the fight because they really were sort of across the pitch and in the stands. I thought they were sort of excellent, really. And they, I said on the post-match pod, if they do go down, it won't be without a fight this season. And, and I actually would tip them as my outside chances of of staying up. Um, but Grace, we said on the post-match pod that. When Forrest stood off Palace, they looked comfortable. And as Joe says, that sort of meandering build-up. Once they started to press us, we did struggle a bit. And that has been a bit of a theme this season, hasn't it? Teams that do press Palace high up the pitch, uh, we do. it does seem to unsettle us. Has that become a sort of worrying trend? Yeah, I mean, I noticed it particularly on Saturday down their right-hand side, our left-hand side, poor Tyreek, had a pretty torrid, torrid time of it before he then made that sort of flying recovery got himself injured and yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a great day. Brennan Johnson sort of had the freedom of that right wing down there. Um, yeah, a little bit, little bit worrying that sort of teams, particularly Forrest figured us out quite quickly and really went for the jugular of what they found our weak spot to be. And we didn't really seem to have a plan for how to cope with that. Um, and against no disrespect to Forrest, because I think they played well and like Joe said, did out, outfight us um I think a better team than them we'd have been we'd have been behind by half time I think with the pressure that they'd been putting on so yeah I think we do need to find something to combat that was it a bit grace a little bit like sort of playing Palace from the back end of our first season in the Premier League it it did feel a little bit like another one of those teams where maybe obviously they've got some good individuals in their team Forest, but where the sort of sum of the whole team is greater than each of its sort of individual parts, which is very much how we felt at the end of our first season, that that the team was what, what kept us up. Um, And yeah, it did feel a bit like that. And maybe we've become not, not through anyone's sort of intention, but maybe a little bit complacent as to our position in the Premier League and that we're used to, to, to what we've been doing for close to, to 10 years now. Maybe it's a stark reminder that, nothing is guaranteed. Yeah, exactly what I said after the game in the Premier League. Every game is hard, even against the uh, the bottom team. And we are we are moving away from where we were then. But um, as Celsius said on the post-match pod, a variety of issues, I think, came across at the weekend. I, I will put this one to you, Joe, though, from Achini, one of our regulars. Hello, Achini. Um, no matter the context or the big picture, can we all agree that losing to a team with Jack Holback on the pitch for 25 minutes is embarrassing? Yeah, you know, I, I genuinely didn't know he was there. I, I thought um, that was a, a, a name from years past and yesterday. But look, it, it's it's one thing you can lose to a team who are struggling. I think to not get a shot on target against a team that are struggling is is a little bit more difficult to take. I feel like the um, once Forrest went in front. They did all the tricks that they needed to do, which we might cover later. Um, the guy that got named man of the match, so I'm just trying to look oh, with one eye. Ryan, Ryan Yates. Yates. Ryan Yates. I was looking for the first name. Ryan Yates, my goodness me, was just 
was a it was a masterclass actually of just complete <laughs> yeah. shithousery. Got man yeah. got man of the match on the tannoy as he's lying down holding his head pretending Faking he's got an injury. another head injury. And then does a big sort of fist pump to the crowd as he's getting sort of like lifted up. Um they knew what they were doing, but I'm still disappointed in that position that we didn't really I wouldn't even describe that as a backs against the wall display for Forrest. Yes, they were deep lying and you know they kind of two banks of four, but we really didn't put them under a serious amount of pressure in the second half. They kind of were, for a team in their position, they felt, I imagine they felt quite comfortable, which probably helped the atmosphere and stuff too. And that's the bit I'm disappointed with, you know. Chequiarte, was he surplus to requirements? We're not quite sure. Obviously, there's all various reports about contract length and possibly comments made while towards the end of the last season that's made him leave. But, you know kind of he seemed to have our number in in certain positions was really in the faces of our kind of trickier younger players um brennan johnson who by the way as, as grace rightly pointed out was excellent gave um tariq mitchell a nightmare forest fans have there's been a large calls for him to be dropped from that side he's been one of the like wow. horror performers so um yeah it really is just a real sort of not just a coupon buster but uh, just everything that kind of Palace, yeah, I think some complacency might be the issue here where we just, I just don't think we expected it to be that difficult. Well, can I put to you then, because I've got a whole section here uh, on that kind of inconsistency and Paulie Mantel, hello hey, Paulie, Paulie, says, and I think this might have to be the title for the pod. I think it has been in the past, but anyway, here we go again. That thumbs up Palace. Um, what He says, why are we so consistently inconsistent? <laughs> beautifully put uh and a few people have said similar similar things uh john dodds hello dodsy um leicester everton and now forest all awful should we expect more of this and just accept the west ham show will be the exception rather than the norm and then magic three cp three cpfc our emoji friend um says how do we go from wet spam oh, lovely uh a class to the lifeless performance not testing the keeper as you said joe not even with a penalty still didn't get a shot on target Another wasted typical Palace opportunity. Ricky B says, how do you fix the inconsistencies in performance game to game? Does it feel like we are, Grace, consistently inconsistent? Yeah, I mean, it, for years it felt like it was our home form that was the problem. Mm-hmm. We seem to have sorted that out a bit and now it's gone the other way and the away form seems to have gone to pot. Um I do wonder how much of it, I don't think it it was a complete excuse for this week because a lot of the players that played at Newcastle didn't necessarily play at West Ham before or um, at Forest on Saturday, but we had three away games in that week and Forest were at home for all three of those games, um, which I think does make a difference, albeit it obviously doesn't excuse excuse our performance. Um, but I think it, it was a short turnaround time, having lost on penalties, not the best sort of mental thing to have to have going on, regardless of whether all the players that played were involved in in the Newcastle game or not. Um, But again, I think it comes down to as well, one of the things we've discussed multiple times, which is then squad depth, that a team that has that squad depth can rotate a bit more, even more than we did, and still feel comfortable that in those games where we might not play so well, we still might be able to grind out a point. Um, And I mean, it wasn't, it, it wasn't, undoable to get something from Saturday up until it felt the second half obviously we had the penalty if we go into half time 1-0 up the second half's a completely different kettle of fish but we'll never know how how that would have turned out 
But um, yeah, I think that Vieira probably has got more sort of ammo to his to his claims to want more squad depth and to bring more players in as a result of our inconsistencies and poor performances. It won't surprise you to know that we've got a lot of questions about the January transfer window. Uh, really quickly then on the League Cup, because that's a really fair point. Uh, and Selzy sort of complained during the week that actually he'd like to see Palace take a um, a stronger team to Newcastle. And in fact, actually, you've then taken a weaker team, gone out in the League Cup, Joe, and then you've gone to Forest and lost anyway. And Daniel J. Edwards says the same thing. Was it worth going out of the League Cup just to lose to Forest? Is it about time to start treating, treating the League Cup with respect? considering we never win anything. <laughs> oh, Daniel. Um, what's your thoughts on that, on, on those choices that Vieira made during the week? Um, with the benefit of hindsight, yes, I, you could say, I, I yeah, I, look, I'm a big believer in going for it in the cups. I feel like we've earned the right to be in a particular kind of, as close to a safety net as you can get in a Premier League, really. There's no, there's no such thing as a, everyone's established until the year they're not. That that, that yeah, I would yeah, don't yeah, really yeah. necessarily believe in that, but yeah, no, yeah. Um, I'm always a big believer in the League Cup this year, especially because a lot of teams have, have phoned it in. We've got nothing till Christmas. Um, weirdly, actually, the the next round of the League Cup is in the week between yeah. the World Cup final and Christmas. You'd probably have lots of bigger sides having to rest players. Yeah. We probably could have, we you know, we what well, we'd have been missing Anderson and IU. And and I just think, I, I feel like what gives the League Cup a lot of trouble, give it right, obviously bear in mind tradition of the FA Cup is huge. I'm maybe digressing here a little bit, but um, the reward for the FA Cup and the League Cup is the same thing, a, a Europa League spot, I believe. Um, no, is, the, is, the League, is the League Cup is conference? Have they now been giving it to the conference? I, th- I don't know, okay. I think so, possibly. I'm not okay. Sure. Oh, well, I'll it, check it, I'll check it. But let's say it's a European place then, either way. Yeah. and. Yeah. I feel like the League Cup suffers. Yes, it does have the same reputation, but also it's their midweek games. And I feel like better off, actually. Well, I haven't yet to see a side that thinks, actually, let's go for the League Cup. You know, that's all wrapped up by January, February. And we can coast the league, the FA Cup and have Saturdays off. You know, this really tight pack schedule, there are, there are weekends allocated for the FA Cup. You could probably just check that one in and, and, and you know, put out a, a second string side. And, you you know, it actually benefits your first team squad because it's a, a whole weekend off rather than just a Tuesday trip to Newcastle. But it's all in the benefit of hindsight. I, you know, we could have still got, gone up there and lost. I feel like I don't think the issue is necessarily uh, the team we put out. It's more the bench, I think. You've got to have some options to chase the game if we do go behind or if we just needed to hold on a little bit. Um, but yeah, this, it's a shame. The, the away form is, is a concern. It, equally, the, the Leicester result actually looks better with, as the week's gone by, as Leicester have turned it around. West Ham are in such a pickle that suddenly maybe it is just as much about them falling to bits as it is us, uh, putting on a great performance there. I think, I think the difference between how we played away last season and now is, it's not. I mean, it's not a new take. I, I feel like the energy in midfield, you miss that a lot more away from home. You know, you're always to give yourself any kind of chance. You're going to need to outrun, out muscle, really, really fight away from home. They're, you're not going to be allowed to dictate play away from home. So you really need to ha- get stuck in in those moments. And perhaps that's where our inexperience shows when we're found a little bit lacking in certain areas. I don't know necessarily. Know we have the team out there to just kind of. 
um, pull the socks up and and really really like you know bite into the gum shield if you like. Yeah, well, I guess that is oh, another good potential title for the podcast. Um, I guess that is the compromise you make when you're moving away from a battling side to a more free-flowing football side. And we knew that there would be pitfalls and and peaks and troughs or weddings and funerals, as Adam likes to say. But um, uh, as you say, the, the, the consistently frustrating away performances and you're right about Leicester Everton is actually looking even worse and worse on, on week oh, God, yes. um, is, is a worry um, just really quickly uh, the EFL Cup winners qualify for the playoff stages of the Conference League okay FA Cup that go into the group stage of the Europa League okay so it has been sort of relegated and it's important so no, EFL Cups EFL Cups a terrible name it? it just sounds it sounds mm. awful um, anyway let's take a quick break there because we've got loads more stuff to cover and loads of questions from our listeners but we'll have a quick break and we'll come back with questions from our listeners It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. That's 
Welcome back to the Fucking Fan Podcast. Wee. That's, that's more like it. That's that's more like the enthusiasm levels that were more appropriate for this week's this week's result. Uh, it's questions. We're doing questions this week early. We're, we're changing the format a bit. Uh, questions early doors, and then we'll get on to winners and losers um, in a bit. Uh, let's start with something we touched on in part one because there were a couple grace, a couple of sort of um, big instances in the game. There's a penalty. There's the goal, and I guess maybe there's Tyreek's yellow card slash injury. We'll start with the penalty from Jack MK95. Hello, Jack. Uh, he says, even though Patrick has publicly said Wilf will stay as his penalty taker, let's just say he's taken off penalty duties. Who takes it instead? Before you answer that, just take me through your reaction to Wilf missing that penalty. Oh, it was just, I think at that point, I knew that it wasn't going to be our day. Yeah. Um, it it just felt like, it, I, I had a feeling he was going to miss. I mean, Dean Henderson was dancing around like a starfish on the on the line and then went completely the wrong way. So all Wilf had to do was get it inside the post and, and we'd have been away but um yeah from that point it just felt like there was only going to be one one outcome um but I don't know intense I saw I can't remember who I, I saw on Twitter somewhere someone doing a poll of who they would want to take the next palace penalty and Eze came out on top of that poll but I don't know that I've ever seen Eze take a penalty or quite where that confidence in his penalty taking penalty taking ability has come from when I think Wilf still got fairly good form I can't I was trying to remember how many he's he's missed I don't know if either of you know off the top of your heads um there was a couple of stats flying around I never know how many to trust I think I think it's I think it's not favorable for Wilf in terms of it was something like he's missed five of his last eight. And yeah, two, that's what two, I heard. Two of those were rebounds, so you kind of don't realise at the time. Right. But yeah, it's not. it, it wasn't great. Um, Eze, I believe, took penalties for QPR while he was there. Ah, right. okay. I, be, I believe that's where that's come from. The other one I'm... Because, yeah, the, 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 the options aren't incredible. And I guess with forward players, I know that it was a big part of... Uh, Wolf, it was an interview last season where he said, look, I've got to a little bit more of a senior role in the team. And I think it was put upon him, not even by Vieira. I think it was Hodgson in the last year. It was like, look, if you're going to be that person, yes, you can be a talisman, but you're getting a little bit older now. You need to be a, a role model, a leader. You've got to step up for those big moments and take the penalties. And, you know, you want to be that guy, then be that guy. And he kind of has appointed himself for the last couple of seasons. Um, I remember that pe- the penalty at uh, Old Trafford when we when he scored two up there. Yeah. That's one of the early instances I can remember of him taking one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, another option. Have you ever seen Mark Gray take a penalty? No. Oh yeah, he does the. Um, he Can he smash one, it? He, he uh, England or Chelsea in a competition. He, he does a, one step back and then. Yeah. He yeah. does no grace. He does no run up. He there's oh. a. It's um for Chelsea we're in the sort of under twenties Champions League or something like that in a penalty shootout and he does a just well, one step back and just completely it's like this weird dummy and the keeper's keeper's gone yeah. like he doesn't even know Ooh. he's like, and uh, it's like the exact opposite of the Pogba. A walk-up penalty. Like, it's that's like, the longest one. This is the quickest one. Yeah, he's essentially going, right, Takes a, looks to step back as if he's like, I'm going to take three or four steps back and literally just bounces on the first step and just kicks it yeah. straight away. And it all it's like an old viral tweet from about when he was a little bit younger. Yeah. I remember it. I might even dig it out and send it to you. But yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know whether he just thought, oh, that's a one trick I won't be able to get away with again. But <laughs> I do think, yeah, I'm surprised to see 
him. But yeah, it does. That, but that does show you that we don't have that many options. I've, even you, the 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 great example I think was midweek with the the uh, the Newcastle shootout. We'll get to maybe Malcolm in, in winners and losers, and uh, I personally don't think he. There are senior players in that team who should go a little bit ahead of him. Mateta taking the fourth penalty that says to me, strikers with an ego often take the fifth penalty because they want to win the shootout. Yeah, him taking the fourth. I do wonder whether that's him, the manager going, look, we might not score the next penalty, so you need to take the fourth one, or whether he's actually just that nervous and doesn't, he's not confident enough to take the first, second, or third penalty. Um, Edward hasn't. I, I can't. I don't know about his what he's like at Celtic yeah. with penalties, but um, he doesn't seem to be that pushing that hard to to take them. But yeah, after they, they become so many misses, where eventually you're gonna, we're going to need somebody else. Yeah, the only person I can remember from Newcastle that came away. A huge he scored, but the best one I think was Joel Ward. Yeah. I mean, you'd, you'd never nominate Joel Ward to take your penalty on choice, but he, mm. to be fair, he buried it. So, but you're right. I think options are limited. And I, from what Vieira is saying, I don't think it will be anyone else other than Wilf. And to be fair to Wilf, but I mean, he's missed a penalty and he's paid a lot of money, should score it. But it's literally what that a uh, couple of inches weird. Then I didn't raise it, hit the post, watch the highlights this morning. I've hit the post and went wide. So it's literally a couple of inches to the right and it's in and we're probably, it's a completely different episode of the podcast, but, but that, uh, they, those are the small margins of Premier League football, unfortunately. Um, Let's come on to January transfer window because by the time we get back to doing these pods, it's going to be nearly January anyway. So I think we probably should. Lots of people asking questions about this. And Grace, obviously you talked touched on that in part one um, with Vieira as well. Stuart WH. Hello, Stuart, uh, says, uh, did Saturday's result and performance actually help us in terms of not being too complacent when it comes to the January transfer window? Uh, Chrissy Boy 73 uh, says, with Zaha being marshaled so effectively, that was a game both Eze and Elise needed to switch on, but they didn't show up. We we're pretty much blunt instruments halfway through the, past the halfway line, sorry. Another midfielder in January, and Finn Powell Freeman says the same thing, another midfielder. In January, Grace, has that become the priority for you? I feel like fullbacks may be my priority, but what, what what do you reckon? They're both very high up the pecking order, aren't they? And I think the mid the midfielder chat's been going on since the summer and probably before, where maybe we put all our eggs in a Conor Gallagher shaped basket, which didn't quite work out, and then whether there weren't any other suitable options at the right price point at that point late in the transfer window, but it's sort of caught us out a bit and now I think Saturday's performance and other recent away performances have sort of exposed just how sort of threadbare our midfield is um agree that fullbacks obviously also need need looking at that when Tyreek looked like um he'd picked up the injury on Saturday in the first half and obviously no disrespect to Joel Ward at all love Love him. He's such a great servant. But if Brennan Johnson was having Tyreek Johnson, um, Tyreek Johnson, Tyreek Mitchell on toast, it just sort of it felt like, oh god, um, what's going to happen? Well, we, if we, we were there. We were there going. Yeah, we were there going. Okay, what what do you do? There was no obvious answer. Yeah. What do you do now? Okay, is it Klein to left back? Is it Schluppy to left back? Like, did Gyro? Actually, there wasn't an obvious answer, which I guess proves your point. And I think, yeah, I think it's it's no secret we as fans and I'm sure the club have all known where needs reinforcements and it's all about finding the right players that are the right fit at the right price point and wonder if we might end up paying a slight premium in January knowing that that is what we need and how sort of 
not knowing how this World Cup's going to affect the transfer window as well. It's going to be, it will be a strange one. It's unprecedented. But um, I think we just need something almost to tide us over, if nothing else, until the summer. And then hopefully start looking forward to where our recruitment's going to be in the summer and build from there. Yeah, the World Cup's an interesting one, actually, that it, it may add a few zeros on the end of certain players when the Palace are looking at them now already. Do you think, Joe, that Stuart's right, that the performance at the weekend, we really are clutching at straws here, um, will help Palace in terms of not being complacent? I guess when you add that into Vieira's post-match comments as well, that we really do need new signings. Uh, well, you, I can't help but think before the Forest game, um, even before the Newcastle game, I guess there was uh, after the West Ham win, quite you know justified good uh, cheer and, and enthusiasm. But people were talking about our next three games at that uh, league games at that point as if done and dusty. We've got Forest, we've yeah. got Fulham up, up Boxing Day, and then we've got Bournemouth yeah. New Year's Eve. Uh, like you know, as if that you know three promote newly promoted sides. Therefore, we are going to steamroll them. And while I'm sure that the club has been preparing targets and scouts for the last however many months. I can imagine that, you know, oh, right, let's hold up, you know, hold your horses a little bit. Let's not, let's not rush into anything. Let's wait to the end of the month. Whereas I feel like now there may be a, a little bit more of an arm twist to go. Look, if we are going to get someone in, can we try and get them in as soon as possible rather than kind of try and save the odd half a million, a million pounds here and there by waiting another month and four or five fixtures later. Um, also, I, I, as fans, I thought people were really... The Fulham game is not going to be easy on Boxing Day. Not a I chance. I don't think Bournemouth will either, given their no. recent performances. No. Uh, I think they're going to hire Marcelo Bielsa, uh, Bournemouth. That's the report. So, oh. Marcelo Bielsa with six weeks prep on a bunch of players who I presume aren't going to the World Cup. That, that, you know, I mean, that's like getting newly promoted leads back here. We've been <laughs> terrible against them under him. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's, it's, I've actually quite encouraged by how much it hasn't affected us, the midfield issue, as it could have. There were really, you know, early on in the season, you could see that we were perhaps one light. We couldn't really replicate the energy. We were trying to, we were essentially hoping that Eze could become a player in that area of the pitch and we could find the right partnership. And we've actually done fairly well despite not really settling on anything in the midfield this season um, with the, also the right back issue with keeping players fit. Um, now Tyreek's fitness also be, being part of it. So we've done, I think we've done quite well, reasonably well to still be where we are on the table. And, but also we're all seeing quite in the knowledge that we need these additions. And I really hope that's felt at the top level of the club too, rather than going, well, we can't be that desperate for these players. We're doing, you know, we've only lost however many games. What five games this season, or six in the league? I think it is five. Yeah, right. It's not. It's not a lot, you know. But um, yeah, I just think you can see what we need to kind of almost win a few more games, let alone, um, you know, just just not lose. Yeah, it, it, you're right. It is five, and actually, all the teams below us have lost more, and actually, Fulham above us have lost more. Chelsea and Brighton have lost the same. So it's actually we are very sort of middle of the road. Uh, territory, which which isn't where we don't want to be, double negative. Um, and we are technically joint ninth as well. And in fact, we're only 11th on a goal difference of one. 
So, you know, if you've given us ninth for the break at the start of the season, I think we'd have all taken it. Uh, it's just the manner of the defeat on Saturday that I think sort of takes the gloss over mm. so far. Let, let's talk about midfield really quickly. Um, because Leif Anderson's forehead, hello, Leif, uh, says, MacArthur in that midfield yesterday, we win. I'm going I'm to put you both on the spot and say one word answer to that. Yes or no? Grace. Oh, uh, no. Okay. I, I just know what I'm going to stick with the format and not ask you to elaborate. Uh, Joe? Yeah. A lot of us. I, I know he's getting older a bit now. We really miss him. We do. Yeah, really, we yeah. do. We do. I, I, would, yeah, I would say yes, probably, but, but I'm, maybe I'm, only I'm just. very, very on the fence with that. No, I would make it clear. Very <laughs> on the fence. <laughs> uh, no, we do. We do miss him. That's true. Um, and then really quickly, because I think with that midfield three, Decore's obviously nailed 100% and he's been fantastic. Eze, I think we agree, is pretty much nailed on and we know what he offers. And again, there's going to be fluctuation in form, but we know we need that creativity. And it's that third spot, isn't it? Along with which, as you said, Grace, we'd hoped to be Conor Gallagher and obviously hasn't happened. And now we're sort of desperate. Schluppy seems to be getting the main nod for that spot. But as Jack Steele says, uh, and actually this is another good title for the podcast, potentially, what's eating Jeff Schlupp? He seems content to watch most games pass him by and is completely ineffective in his role. Yet Vieira selects him week in, week out, and we get the same performance from him. Is that a case that Vieira sees something in him, do you think, Grace? Or back to the issues we said earlier about, you know, uh, lack of other options? It's just, it's so frustrating with Schlupp, I feel, because I know that towards, or in the second half on Saturday, where he was sort of on the side where our fans were, so was coming towards us, it just felt like he was always a bit off the pace, didn't really expect what was coming to the point where I had to check BBC Sport to see if he'd played in the game against Newcastle on Wednesday because I thought he looked knackered, like genuinely thought he looked really tired um, and thought, oh, because I... But he he hadn't played on Wednesday, so he didn't even have that excuse on his side. Um, But yeah, I feel like he's quite often made to be a square peg in round holes and that he's, he's a good squad player to have for that reason and sort of utility player that seems to do largely whatever is asked of him without any fuss. But occasionally in some games, it becomes quite apparent that maybe we don't know what his best position is or he's sort of gap filling rather than that being a real choice because we think that that's going to affect the game. Um, so yeah, a slightly frustrating one for him on, on Saturday, I think, and for all of us watching him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I almost feel like if he dropped down a couple of leagues, and I'm not saying it's not Premier League quality, I think he is, but like you could imagine a team building themselves around around Schluck because there's so many great qualities. And you're right, it's difficult to work out what his position really is. But I, I guess, Joe, we know that the top teams in this league, the best players are the ones that perform consistently week in, week out, and that's what makes champions. And I guess with Schluppy, this isn't the case. We sometimes get games where we think, oh, that's exact. That's why he's in the team. We, you know, mm. look at those qualities and actually it's almost unplayable. And then we get lots of games out like the weekend where the game does pass him by. And I guess that inconsistency really is is the biggest frustration around him. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder if, how, if we're being quite generous to him when, you know, this isn't a 24-year-old. This is a, I think he's 29, 30. You know, this would be like, you're hitting the peak of like, your consistent levels you should that so it can be quite frustrating but you know there have been games when we've called upon him and he's been excellent um West Ham I thought was a great example I I thought he played really well in that 
And he, on the moments where he has delivered this season, I feel like it's made a, a big difference for us when we have called upon him. But yeah, the the I, I, in my head, he's that's the only part of the pitch I would like to see him play now. He's often been asked to slot in here at left back or or a bit further forward. I don't. It seems to be with everyone settled on right. You know, you're, if you are a midfielder, show it. And yes, I'd like to keep him in the squad unless there's some silly offer for him, which, well, not say silly, but an offer that, you know, we think, oh, we can spend that money a bit better elsewhere for that place in the squad. Um, I'm happy with him there, but I think, yeah, you would like also somebody else put in front of him who that's their starting berth and he's there to cover where necessary. Yeah, I mean, the frustrating thing is Gallagher has now gone to the World Cup, so it completely puts that theory that, oh, no, if he came back to Palace for six months, he'd be guaranteed a place out the window massively, yeah. um, which is very frustrating. I don't think we'll ever see him again at Palace, unfortunately, but, you know, good luck to him. My brother-in-law died suddenly. And now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. 
We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquo.com slash commercials. Hey, it's Jesse Kelly. Ronald Reagan famously once said the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Americans are losing faith in the banking system, and at the same time, the U.S. government could soon be headed toward a centralized banking system. How scary is that? How do you protect yourself as the government gets more involved in your life? For me, owning gold is one way. Having gold that I can see and touch makes me feel protected. Having a portion of your retirement in precious metals is another way to feel protected. I don't own crypto, I don't own NFTs, and I don't buy meme stocks. I don't invest in things I don't understand. If you are like me and want to feel safe, it's time to call my friends at the Oxford Gold Group. Go to www.oxfordgoldgroup.com to learn more. Again, that's www.oxfordgoldgroup.com. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Before we get into winners and losers, because obviously it's patron-only section, just a really quick word on uh, Malcolm Everway, who did come on off the bench. Um, not the ideal game, Grace, for a young player to come on the bench, I don't think. And I know I, I don't know if I, I tend to stay away from Twitter. I don't know if people have been harsh on him or not, but we have, have had one question. So I just thought I'd put it to you guys really quickly. I'm hoping he doesn't crop up in winners and losers later, but yeah, he might do. We'll see. But but Brad has said. Uh, Malcolm Eberwey looks like he's too far off the first team right now. Agree, question mark. When we've seen him before, Grace, the, the bits of him in the under-21s, he's looked very good. I just feel like it was the wrong game for him to come on in turn, and try and, and try and do something. It was a little bit, felt like he was thrown in, in at the deep end without any sort of buoyancy, eh, didn't it? Um, through yeah. no fault of his own. Yeah. But again, maybe the bench on Saturday didn't have the game changer on there that we would like to see that we could bring on to make that difference. So in absence of that gave him some minutes and obviously the only way players are ever going to get better and improve and get up to the level that they need to be is, is by playing. Um, And I don't think he disgraced himself by any stretch of the imagination in a, in a game where none of our players played particularly well, no one was creating a huge amount. So to expect him to come back, come on, um, in a team where he's not had many minutes, be like he'd flicked a switch and suddenly fixed all our problems. I think to expect that would have been grossly, grossly unfair. And if people are criticising him for that, then I, I don't think that's fair. Um, but I do wonder if perhaps if he's not going to get that many minutes for for us, then maybe there would be some benefit to sending him out on loan um, to get him getting that game time again, maybe getting a little bit sort of stronger physically rather than sitting on the bench and getting the odd cameo here or there. And in games like Saturday, where, despite what I've just said, which contradicts that, that's not going to help him grow as a player just coming on for that and that that only being it. There has to be something more. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess probably being part of the first team squad, you know, seeing the match day experience, probably getting roughed by a few Premier League defenders, probably as part of his journey and experience. But as you say, in terms of actually like game changing and confidence, it's probably not ideal. And actually, we've seen Joe, haven't we, with Raksaki doing so well at Charlton at the moment, the benefits of sending players out to the lower level. Because I'm sure that Raksaki is going to return to Palace a much better player. Yeah, I, I wonder if Malcolm's look, looking at uh, Jez from afar and going, I wonder if that would have... Because yeah. it, it was all meant from a positive place when Vieira said, actually, I think you should stay for the next... till January and let's let's get in the first team. I, was, I think there was plans to send him out in the summer and they changed their mind, um, which is ultimately a positive thing. And yeah, he's probably found minutes few and far between. I did in another world, you know, the last week has kind of almost been a reward for his form in the under 21 uh, league and, and, and whatnot, but he's just had uh, rotten luck. I, I feel like, you know, the penalty miss is that I've got issues with the fact that he was felt the need that he was being put forward to take one, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's a separate thing, but his head can drop with something like that. And then, uh, Saturday, uh, nothing that he did came off, and that's but it's fine. As Grace says, there's certain games, I've, I've, which is probably why he's not had many minutes, by the way. I feel like uh, managers like to bring, in, you know, in a perfect world, a manager brings on a youngster when you're 2 3 no up yeah. at home, and you can just, right, everyone take a breath, relax, and you yeah. can play out the last 5, 10, 20 minutes, whatever. And we've not had any of that this season, really. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess we free one up against Villa, and we might have even made a couple of changes in order to make that happen. Um, so, you know, if it's not that, then it is, right, you're not going to play again until we've got nothing till for another month. Can you try and rescue this game uh, away at Forest? And, yeah, it, that's a bit of a baptism of fire. I know he's played before, but that was, yeah, He's not the only person that didn't give the best version of themselves that day, and that's fine. Um, I saw reports after that Hull, I think Hull have been quite public. They've got a new manager, Liam Rossini, and he's been quite public of saying, because oh, uh, he worked with him at Derby, he, they're looking to, they'll want to take him on loan in January, and I think more power to him. I think go for it. You've got a manager that knows your skills and backs yeah. you. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be able to keep playing you the next week if you have a five out of six out of ten. You, you're probably going to need that at that age. You need that little bit of belief. So I really hope that that's what happens for him and it really works out because he's clearly got incredible talent. And, you know, he is what? Is he still 18 or is he 19? That's still really young. Yeah. You know, people like Elise being in the first team and stuff at that age, that is relatively freakish. So, yeah, there's t- he's got plenty of time. And I just, I like to think the Palace fans will be patient enough and see that and uh, see the bigger picture there. Yeah, he's only just turned 19, turned 19 in September. And in fact, right. actually, no, I was just about to say this, he only played 16 times for Derby right? in terms of first-team appearances and three. He's not had a lot of first-team no. football. They're and a lot of the, the games. And some of those Derby games, I didn't realise, someone told me, he played a few games at wing-back for them. So it's not even like he necessarily played wow. in his strongest position. It was just Rooney saw the, the ability and just tried to fit him where he could. Yeah, he needs, obviously, development. Um, I, I've read, We haven't talked about the Newcastle game at all, because obviously that happened since the last pod. We don't want to do it. We'll gloss over that. We don't need to talk about it. We're depressed enough. I think we can just concentrate on the Forest game. Also, um, the also the first time I think I've tried to watch a Palace game by any means. Let's put it that way, and it wasn't an option. No. Yeah. Not what did you do? Not... Did you listen on the radio? Uh, 
No, I didn't have a I didn't have a working um like FM dial anywhere. So I didn't have a I should have paid for Palace TV Plus yeah, really, yeah, but I just yeah. um because they had it, but I just went I just had Soccer Saturday on in the end and I thought or Soccer Special as it is in a week. Which is, you know, it was took me back because normally there's some channel in the world showing it, not a single one. Not a single one. No, it's like back in the days being the championship again, isn't it? And just like yeah. scrambling around on Twitter for updates. Uh Right, let's really quickly then, final question, but just, oh, it, it ties into everyone actually and options and stuff from Robin Mickelberg. Hello, Robin. Who says, it looked like Forrester worked us out, doubled up on SA, Wolf, Elise, and no time or space. Uh, risk being beaten for removing all space around a player and the one on the ball. We did not cope with that. And the plan B, which would have been to get balls into the box for a striker to attack, was not there until the 88th-ish minute. Uh, will other teams do the same to us? This was something that we noticed on the post-match pod grace as well, that he brought on um, Mateta ahead of Edward, potentially a bit harsh on Edward, big guy Mateta. And then they didn't start actually sort of using his strength and lobbing balls into him until very late on. Clearly there is a, a determination to stick to the plan with Palace and Vieira when it comes to the approach. And actually in terms of a sort of more direct plan B or any other sort of plan B, it's very much wait until the last possible minute. Do we think that that is something that Vieira will change to at some point? Do we think he's absolutely wedded to this approach and this system? And do we think maybe that is something that he should think about if this situation arises again? I think depending on how and where we look to strengthen in both the January transfer window and the next trans- the summer transfer window will sort of inform the approach that he takes moving forward on that. Um, because it going to the sort of plan B to get it to the striker in the box feels a bit like where we were with Benteke when we had him there in the box and we would make sort of one cross into the box every game and then complain that he wasn't scoring. Um, So, which, yeah. So, which obviously has its problems as well. So it, it feels like we obviously it's fine to have the plan, the plan A, but like you say, if if that doesn't work, we've got to have another option, but another viable option that we also have the means to make work rather than having, well, this plan isn't working, so we'll try this one, but we don't really like using this one, so we've only really got sort of half the, the tools to try and make it work. And I know maybe that's a, a luxury that maybe clubs with more money have to have players that sort of fit different systems but I feel like we could probably do a slightly better job of it than we are doing at present. Yeah, and especially, Joe, with five subs now, obviously there are more options then to change the system and change your personnel. It was weird, Robin is right, it was weird that they brought on Mateta, who we all know you know, has a bit of physicality. I'm not saying he's the best in the air, but we know his feet probably struggles even a bit more. And then not sort of lob it up to him and, and try and get something from him, especially against a Forest team that had sat two banks of form, happy for us to knock it about outside the box and do nothing. It did seem a bit late in the day to then suddenly start, try to start using your big man to his qualities. Yeah, and it's just it's something that's something we spoke at the beginning of the episode about being pressed and, you know, how we've dealt with that previously. And it's with mixed results. But one of the more recent successes of that was uh, the Leeds home game, which I, feel, I don't know if you remember this, the match of the day did quite extensive coverage uh, about how we played over them, essentially. Yeah. That was our response at halftime. And suddenly the game turned around in our favour because we just were going high and long over the press uh, because we needed to. And I felt like we didn't really... A Mateta sub would suggest that, you know, well, okay, look, then we've got something to aim towards and work off if we need to do that. And we still didn't really, but well, I mean, by that time we were already behind. But yeah, I just 
we didn't we didn't adapt fast enough. I'm sure you know some managers have their different approaches. Some are you know I'll do the best with what we've got, and some are going right. I'll mould the uh, you know the what I have got to to work towards my philosophy, which you know Frank de Boer is the extreme example <laughs> yeah. of where you know got no kind of play what's in front of you kind of thing, but. Yeah, Vieira, perhaps, you know, or perhaps you also got to put some of that on uh, Ocean Roberts as mm-hmm. well, because they seem to have, tactically, it seems to be a sort of combined effort there in terms of our approach. Yeah, they seem to want to hold on for as long as possible, but, I mean, come on, you know, sort of 70, 80 minutes, no shot on target, you kind of, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and and again, Mateta ahead of Edward doesn't say, because if you want to stick with your thing, you go, right, then put Edward in and see if that movement changes. But to put Mateta ahead suggests that, yeah, you want to change things up. I do, maybe, maybe, I mean, I'll spitballing here. I know that when Mitchell went off, the left side, obviously Wolf always likes to cut inside if he, if, if he has the opportunity to. But you then add in uh, the fact that Joel Ward is sort of turning inside or Klein kind of, neither, there was no width on the left at all. Yeah. So if you want to put crosses in, it was it wasn't, we were kind of stunting our own progress really there. So I don't know if that played a part in it too, but then that. Uh... Yeah, it's very true. And actually it goes back to the fullback thing. And we were saying on the post-like pod with Selsey, how fullbacks now are wingers essentially because of how inverted your, your, your forward players are that actually mm. you do every club in the Premier League has at least one marauding, if not two fullbacks who are now there wingers essentially we don't have that Mitchell is closest we have to that and we've moaned about how he's not good at that and he is obviously getting better Ward doesn't do that Klein doesn't do that we do need to find some option there because otherwise we are very narrow very defensive and we don't have the overlapping options as you say so actually it's completely pointless having a big man in the middle Mm. uh, which maybe then actually uh, answers my own question um Speaking of questions, thank you very much to our listeners. They were excellent questions as ever. Um, we'll be asking for them again after the Fulham game, but you've got six weeks off uh, to uh, to stop getting involved. But thank you very much indeed. After the break, we'll be doing our winners and losers. Toda buena fiesta comienza con un buen outfit y tu próxima cita es con JCPenney, en donde encuentras de todo para cualquier ocasión. Ya sea elegante o casual, tenemos puro estilo para ti. Desde vestidos, trajes, colores y estampados, de marcas como Liz Claiborne, Worthington, Stafford y J. Ferrar. ¡Ay, no olvidemos Thereabouts para los chiquitos! Descubre lo último en la tienda o en jcp.com. Estilo de pieza a cabeza para donde sea que vayas. JCPenney. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. 
It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the Five Year Pan Podcast. Hey. Uh, it's Pod Four Four Seven, the Week Palace. I've lost one new at Nottingham Forest. Signing off for the World Cup in style, or should I say, Joe, in typical Palace style? Because uh, Jamie Penson Raja has said after last week's analysis, how have we now return to our true typical Palace? Are we giving this one a typical Palace? Yeah, I think it's yeah. textbook. Yeah. It's textbook. It's textbook typical balance. Absolutely right. Right, winners and losers now, uh, part three. This is a patron-only section. So if you are on the patron feed, you're hearing winners and losers as per. If you're not, you're on the public feed, you'll hear a little clip from the post-match pod uh, from me and JD Senior, and a bit. I'll chuck a bit of Selzy in as well. It was a bumper post-match pod, and it was a away day diary-style pod. It was a lot of fun to do, apart from the football itself. Um but if you like the sound of that and want uh, full post-match pods every week and winners and losers, sign up at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash F-Y-P podcast. Uh, right, let's make the split now. Mitchell was down, injured. Um, now, obviously, there's no obligation for teams to put the ball out. We get that. But there was multiple uh, multiple, ch- uh, multiple examples in the second half where Forrest had a player down and Palace had the ball and then the ref actually stopped, stopped play. Anyway, so we'll come on to that. The, the, the goal itself, Guaita, yeah, is that an error there? I, I must be honest, I didn't see it clearly enough and wasn't watching the oh, replay. Right. So I, I'll, 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 I'll uh, choose not to comment. All right, I'll we'll leave that, that to sales. Yeah, okay. Well, on the point of Mitchell being, being down then, because there is no obligation for them to put the ball out. Uh, no, there is no obligation. I don't think we can complain about it. Our complaint against the ref, there's a lot of points we want to complain about him, but it was this inconsistency. And as you said, three times they had players down when we had the ball and maybe we could have done something with it. And he stops play. And only one of them was with a player in the box. The other times they were outside the box, as Mitchell was outside the box. And you could say, in in inverted commas, not interfering with play. So I don't complain about that one. Uh, I said, but I do complain about the ref being inconsistent. So so I've actually written his name down. It's Sir John Brooks. um, Because we both looked it up, didn't we? And he was, I'm guessing, a new referee, not a name that we've heard before. Did did ref the game like a new referee in a way seemed to let Forrest persuade him a lot yeah well I made the comment in, in, still in the first half I think it was he's a bit of a homer he really there are a number of times where little fouls were committed on Palace players slight trips slight mistimings of tackles and he just let it go but 
never seemed to let it go in the opposite direction, which was, was more than frustrating. And uh, I don't know how many yellow cards we ended up with in the end, but I think part of that was down to his inconsistency. Um, and was and that he seemed to punish us a little bit more than he punished them. Very, very frustrating. Uh, when you say homer, you mean as in goes for the home team? Yes, playing, is that, that is, I know. Yeah, 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 playing for the home team, playing effectively. Team. Oh, okay, gotcha. We were playing against 12 men, is what others might say. I mean, it's a classic, it's classic isn't it, away fans going away from the ground moaning about the referee, but he genuinely was inconsistent today, and, and it was frustrating. Yes, it was frustrating. As I said, there were no really big decisions that he got wrong. It was those little ones where there was a, a, a small foul where you'd expect him just to stop it. Not a yellow card or anything. I don't think any of them were that bad, but... There were so many of them, and that's what that's what, what irritated. And they didn't never seem to, in the opposite direction. When we committed a small foul, it was always given. You don't know where to start, really. And and you know the Selsey bingo calls are quite funny, really, because I'm not sure at all where I am with lots of it. Because I there's part of it that's really disappointing and frustrating. But then there's other parts of me that say, well, actually, look at this or look at that and so on. And and it's it's difficult, JD, because I've I've felt this season that we've uh, I've said numerous times that we lack a sort of clinical ruthless edge as a team, and I think we're a bit soft. And I think both of those things were apparent yesterday. But we've got 19 points. It's not a disaster. We're halfway to safety, four points ahead, if you like. But on the other side of it, should we still just be talking about safety after ten seasons? You know, the you want to you want to primarily everybody wants to get safe. Okay, you want to know that you're going to be in the league. Of course you do, and that always has to be target number one. Get to forty points, big tick, on we go. But I think. Um, you know, this is, in inverted commas, typical Palace, really, that we've kind of, and I think the frustration is, we've kind of put ourselves in a good position, like after last Saturday's result at West Ham, where you're thinking, okay, we've got 19 points, we could go and beat the bottom team away from home next week, and we have 22 points. And, you know, I said to you on Thursday about the Newcastle game, I thought that was a terrible mistake, to approach it in the way that they did. And what did we get yesterday at Nottingham Forest? Zero points. So we ended up blowing the cup game on the strength of trying to get to 22 points before the break. And the question is, I'll try and get the recruitment uh, <laughs> bingo call in here. The question is, JD, what would have happened had we got to 22 points? What do they want to do? Do we want to bring in more players? Are we going to... Because I think all of these situations are kind of perfectly encapsulating our season, really, to a degree. You know, yesterday's game. I think we've seen that we're uh, we're short in, in a few areas of players. I mean, and do the club want to push... Because... I think the win yesterday would have taken us to, what, eighth in the table or seventh or something, wouldn't it? Yeah, something like that. So seventh or eighth like, would be an excellent situation, you know. Um, and again, part of me says, 
okay, we're doing better than West Ham, for instance, who I think have got a, a good squad and some other clubs that are beneath us. But I'd probably also argue that a couple of the clubs that are in front of us also, I think, are Brentford and Fulham above us in the table now? Brentford, I think, went, went above us, I think. Oh, yeah, they did. So Brentford and Fulham are both above us in the table. And I don't think either of those have a, have a group of players as talented as ours, I would say. So I think you need to you need to be balanced, but there are some frustrations. And, you know, we're, we're, do we want to push on? Do we want to get into Europe? Do we want to do these things, you know? <laughs> That's our winners and losers done. Hope you enjoyed that, patrons. If you didn't hear that, you're on the public feed again. Thanks for rejoining us. Uh, do check out patreon.com slash FYP podcast for that and extra content across all our episodes. Um, right, quick break. Uh, normally, we preview the next game. Obviously, the next game is not till Boxing Day against Fulham, but maybe we'll have a little really brief World Cup and maybe Botafogo chat. We'll see what happens. Join us in part four. Time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. When it comes to business travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Oh, sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold meetings or the Michelin dining or the innovative industries that'll make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insight said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at Orlando for Business Welcome back to the part four of the Five Day Plan podcast. It's the last midweek pod for six weeks. I will say we've got quite a few uh, surprise episodes coming up, a few interviews that we've lined up for the next few weeks, uh, and a few fun episodes indeed as well. So uh, do keep an ear out for those on your feed. We'll try and keep things going throughout the World Cup. Maybe some World Cup reaction episodes if people feel like that. We'll, we'll keep things going before we then come back for the Fulham game on the 26th of December, which feels like feels mad that it's going to be christmas before the next game uh but anyway we will dig into that um so shall we do a quick i'll get your thoughts you guys on the world cup if you're looking forward to it and maybe touch on botafogo which is very strange mid-season friendly that we're playing on the third of december as well but i think we're allowed to go to joe are we allowed to go to that game yeah 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 tickets are available selling tickets aren't they are you guys going to go you guys aiming for it joe 
Um, I, I might do. I, I, I feel like I feel like the itch the itch will need scratching by then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you going to go, Grace? Because that there that is what three weeks away, three and a bit weeks away. Probably. I've got. Um, I'll probably be going to my boyfriend's a Newport fans. So I've still got League Two to keep us going over the next nice. few weeks. Although I might nice. might need to see some better football by then. So <laughs> I will <laughs> probably be there. <laughs> Actually, that's a fair point. Joe, are you going to fill your Saturdays with any uh, non-league football or low, anything like that? Possibly. Possibly. I've got Beckenham Town around the corner, Bromley. They'll, you know, there'll be, be some good football on, on, option, on offer if I, if, I, if I need to. But um, we'll, see, we'll see how much the World Cup occupies me first. Yeah, well, quite, yeah. I'm, my local team, Chesham United, are actually third in the... Southern Premier, I think, I think it's nice. one below the conference house. So, up the generals, I might try and go and see them for a bit. But yes, you're right about World Cup. It's a we don't, I mean, we don't really have time to get into the politics of it as well. But it, it's an awkward World Cup, this one, isn't it? And I think a lot of people are feeling very sort of um, conflicted by it. Um, how are you feeling about it? Great. So, have you got because someone on the radio, I think I was listening to Five Live, and they were sort of saying that actually, sort of World Cup fever this year is 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 nowhere near what it would be for obvious reasons. Have you? Are you feeling up for it? Are you feeling conflicted? It's yeah, I am feeling conflicted, obviously, because of all the political issues that have been going on, which you just you you, you can't ignore, and that it doesn't really feel right that it's going ahead where it is. Notwithstanding that, it is going ahead. Um, but it does feel like there's not been, and I don't know how much of it is because of that politics, how much of it is because it's in the winter, in the middle of the season, there's not the usual hype that you usually get for a summer World Cup where there's you can't move for getting free wall charts and newspapers. There's all yeah. the sort of free collectible stuff. The pub gardens are, are opening up and putting screens up everywhere in fan zones. And there just there doesn't seem to be any of that. And my as I my boyfriend is Welsh, so this is his their first World Cup. Yeah. And I just, I feel not bad for them because I, I hope we beat them and go further than them, obviously. But that their first World Cup experience is this one of all the World Cups for it to have been. Um, not that that's stopping them getting excited, obviously, but I just think it's it's tainted from the start. Um, unless we go on to win, in which case it will be the best World Cup there's ever been. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think always... that's unlikely. <laughs> I'm always wondering if it's like going to be the Asterix World Cup, Joe, isn't it? Where I think the shine will be will be taken off it. I, I hope in a way there's been sort of, you know, rumours that Harry Kane's going to wear a rainbow armband, um, you know, to sort of make a stand against uh, Qatar sort of anti-LGBTQ plus stances and all that kind of stuff. And you hope in a way it might, there was a, there was a really good discussion on Radio 5 that from a, a gay football coach saying... They hope maybe the Qatar would start a conversation like that. And actually, you know, there'll be some good to come out of it. But um, I think it's going to be an awkward one to watch uh, for a lot of us. And as Grace says, the hype hasn't been there. And again, maybe that is coupled with the fact that it is in the winter as well. I mean, pub gardens literally can't be filled because it's pissing down with rain. So it's not, it's it's a weird one. Yeah, even in a sort of, let's say, regulation, sort of slightly extended COVID seasons, there's normally still a three, four week build up from or gap from the basically end of the league season to the tournament starting. And you really kind of turn your entire attention to towards it. I have not had any, the only, the, the only thing I've had close to kind of, Oh my gosh, like world cup fever was, I think it's the Audi Christmas advert is uh, they've recreated the, 
the Nike Brazil Squad Airport advert. Oh wow! With, with a load with a load of vegetables and Peter Drury commenting, <laughs> making vegetable yes. puns and football puns. Oh, and I, I didn't say that. And I was like, oh right, okay. Well, of course, the World Cup's happening. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's not. You know, I had an opportunity to go, and I I, I decided against it in the end. I just thought it's been a bit. That's yeah. You, very much unique. Hopefully, a kind of one-off situation. It's funny what you said, Grace. With Wales, they've the Euros. They just went to as well. Their their games were in like Baku and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't even get out there. So really, really unfortunate for them. But in terms of the actual tournament itself, <laughs> I made I saw a graphic. You know, you know when you can do the predictors. Oh no! Are you, are you ready? So. If everything goes to form, I think, like, you know, if, if the best team wins the groups and the second best team, etc., we our run to the final is essentially, um, it is, I think, someone like Serbia, no, Ecuador, then Denmark, then Portugal in the semi, then uh, the final against whoever. So that's if it all goes to plan. If England comes second in the group and everything else goes to plan, it's like, we're on the side of the tournament of Holland, France, Germany, Brazil. They all, if everyone wins their groups, they're all going to have to play each other. And really, we're on a side where it's just us and Portugal having a dance, really. I know what England's like. We'll draw nil-nil with Iran because... Iran, by the way, have called up four goalkeepers. <laughs> that, that's... They're, they're an ultra-defensive side, but even by that standard, you do not need... Three is excessive. Four is unseemly. So, I don't know what they're planning. That's going to be a rotter, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that feels very England, doesn't it? Um, I did that predictor as well, and I ended up with a France-Brazil final. Although, okay. I have to admit, every time the World Cup rolls around, it makes me realise how little I know about international football outside <laughs> of England. Are France good now? Are they bad? Are Brazil good? I have, I have no idea. Portugal is just Ronaldo now? I don't know. So, we'll see what happens. Um but yeah, thank you guys for talking me through that. And uh, we will be keeping the Palace love going throughout the World Cup with some very special episodes to keep an eye out on your feed uh, for those. Starting with an interview next week, which the patrons already know about, but I'll keep it a surprise for the public people. But it's a very, very good one. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, but that's it. Uh, guys, I'll see you in six weeks, I guess. <laughs> Have a nice six weeks. Thanks for being here. And thank you very much for talking through what is a very frustrating game. But I hope it was kind of cathartic for you guys. And I appreciate you doing it. So, uh, Joe, thanks very much for being here. And maybe uh, Joe and, and Grace, join us maybe for some World Cup episodes or something throughout. Are you, are you up for sort of being around? Happy to do so. I was, I was about to say Merry Christmas until you're yeah. But yeah, so, uh, <laughs> fine. Yeah, cool. We can do that. Yeah, no problem. Brilliant. Grace, great to have you on. And maybe, yeah, maybe you'll pop by for some special episodes during the break. Yeah, definitely. Good stuff. Thank you very much. Thanks to our patrons. Thanks to our listeners as well. Really appreciate it. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your week and we will see you again very soon on the FYP podcast. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.